Welcome to the Nightmare Emporium. Here we take a deep dive into some grisly tales that are bound to make you lose your head. Now, let's check in with our host, the macabre Marvel herself, to see what she has in store for us this week. The Bellevue House. I've always been into ghosts and ghouls since I was young. Though for me, it was something that I wanted to believe in. But I've always had a skeptical mind about it. Just like any kind of paranormal or cryptoid experience, there may be one true story among the hundreds that are just fantasy. It wasn't until I was in my late 20s that I had my first real experience with anything otherworldly, and it came in bunches. You see, my friends had rented this amazing house on the campus of the University of Cincinnati. It was about 180 years old, I think. They asked me to move in to help with the enormous rent. It was an old Victorian style that looked straight out of the Adams family. Upon moving in, we had noticed some odd things. Like all of the upper rooms had latches for padlocks on the outside of the doors. The backyard had random holes dug up everywhere. I counted 18. The basement floor had a big square of new concrete that sounded hollow when you thumped on it. It looked like a lot of weird stuff had gone on, but there was not enough evidence to even guess what kind of things happened there. The house had four floors, counting the basement. I took the basement as my room. Then the ground floor had a foyer, library, TV room, and kitchen. The second floor was three bedrooms, and the attic was just one peaked room. All of my roommates were into different occult factions. Our library showcased the many different studies they delved into, everything from quantum physics to an encyclopedia of Egyptian hieroglyphics. I know. I can already tell what you're thinking. We somehow conjured up some evil nonsense. I don't think it was that so much, though. Honestly, I think it was our casual indifference that brought things to a head. We had strict rules, so no rituals or anything like that were done in the house. We had experienced mild ghost activity on day one, but it wasn't until later that things had really ramped up. Initially, we had two spirits, both harmless. The first to make an appearance was the one we called the Peeper. It was a spirit that would peep around door frames, just on the edge of your periphery vision. As soon as you looked, he was gone. It happened quite a bit, and no one that ever entered the house left without seeing him. Then there was the Grey Girl otherwise known as the Stairmaster. Once in a while, you would walk up the first flight of stairs, and she would move through you going down. It wasn't until a year had gone by that we actually caught a glimpse of her. She's a youngish girl with her hair back in a bun, and she wore this gray, nondescript haze of clothing. In the three years we lived there, we only glimpsed her three times, but we had frequent run-ins with her on the stairs. Once in a while, we would have other entities kind of pass through. It almost seemed like we were a crossroads for them or something. 
It was just normal for us, and things stayed pretty peaceful. Until they didn't. I don't know where this thing came from. Maybe someone's occult friend brought it in. It started in the library one evening, we're all sitting around the fireplace. The house was pretty drafty, so it was the best spot in the house. All of a sudden, one of my roommates, Ryan, pointed towards the fireplace with an astonished look on his face. You could clearly see the form of a face in the fire. It even came out of the picture we took. It was just laying there, then turned and looked directly at us. Suddenly, one of our cats ran towards the fire, and I'm pretty sure would have leapt in if I hadn't caught him midair. I looked back, and the face was gone. Ryan immediately started searching the shelves for a book that would have any kind of reference as to what had just happened to us. He wasn't happy at all, and immediately asked if any of us had been doing anything we shouldn't. We all just looked at each other and shrugged. I didn't really practice anything, so I was off the list. Generally, any kind of ritual was done out in the backwoods. It had this weird stonehenge type thing that was just the spot you did that kind of stuff. Finally, we were satisfied that it was just a one-off, and so we went to bed. And after a couple days, it was just another kooky thing in the record books. But then things started happening more frequently. Another roommate, Chris, had just purchased these large 14-day candles. He had them on his windowsill and lit them before he ran to the bathroom. We started smelling smoke from downstairs and ran up to find his whole bed on fire. He returned from the bathroom just as we were running to throw his blankets in the bathtub. He insisted that the candles were on the windowsill, which was more than 10 feet from his bed. And he's not the lying type. But we did still make a rule that you can't leave candles unattended, even for a minute. Two nights later, we were having a movie night and ordered some pizza. We all got a piece and were settling in watching the movie when suddenly there was smoke billowing from the kitchen. We ran to find all four burners on the stove on full blast and our majestic pizza up in flames. This wasn't an accident. Our gas stove is really old and doesn't even have pilot lights. You have to strike a match to light it. No one was in there. And if they were, why would you destroy such a beautiful pizza? Ryan had had enough at that point and set out to figure out what we were dealing with. He pulled the cover off the black mirror in his room, sat on the floor, and started scrying. After what seemed like an hour, he broke eye contact with it looked at us, and shrugged. He glanced back as he was replacing the cover and kicked the mirror as he screamed. He regained his composure quickly. It was almost like a jump scare. Luckily, he didn't break the mirror, but you could see his hands trembling as he covered it back up. He described what he glimpsed as a melting human face. What startled him, though, were the eyes. He said the amount of malevolence and pure madness in the eyes scared the crap out of him. That's when we decided to get help. They knew a girl that had experience with something like this before, and after a short conversation, she said she would come over right after work. Before she arrived, even more things happened. I passed Chris in the foyer, and he didn't speak to me, just walked into the kitchen. 
Then Ryan called from upstairs, so I went to see what he needed. Chris was lying on his bed reading something. There's no way he could have passed me going up the stairs. I grabbed a broom and went in and poked him with it. He gave me this, what are you doing, look. I just wanted to make sure you were the real one, I explained and ran back down to check the kitchen. There was a connecting pantry from the kitchen to the TV room, so you could go in a circuit from the kitchen to the TV room to the foyer and back to the kitchen. Upon entering, I saw the peeper in the pantry, but he didn't disappear when I looked right at him. That's when I realized it wasn't him. So I walked towards the shadowy thing peeping around the doorframe. It moved towards the TV room, so I cut back through the foyer hoping to see it emerge from the pantry. He darted back towards the kitchen as soon as I rounded the corner. I wasn't up for playing this hide-and-seek nonsense, so I called Chris down to help. By that time, it had gone. The girl showed up a couple hours later. I don't remember her name, but I think it was Amy. When she got settled in the library, we explained what was going on. She explained to us that our house had such heavy spirit traffic because it's basically a mirror on the astral plane and was basically a giant neon sign. So, I just have to say, I've never believed in psychics. I think we have intuition, but straight up psychicness? Eh... To be honest, I wasn't even sure about Ryan's scrying. I didn't see it. What I did see and experience has made me believe in spirits at least. But it isn't an all or nothing thing. Just because I like eggs doesn't mean I have to buy the entire farm, you know? I started cutting her off because it was starting to sound like too much nonsense. I kept side glancing at Ryan, but he just gave me a subtle shut up look. So Amy explains that it's just a matter of time before we would run into something that didn't want to just peacefully come through. Her plan was to try and find out what its name was so she could seal it away in a bottle. So we gave her the library to work in and let her do her thing. After about 30 minutes, we could hear her chanting getting more and more intense. All of a sudden, every door in the house slammed at the same time and we heard something glass break upstairs. The temperature got unbearably hot too, so we all gathered outside on the deck in the cool of the evening and let her continue her work. After another hour, she joined us on the deck, having completed the first part of her ritual. She said his name was Andrew, and from what she could tell, he was a mental patient with a love of arson. He had been burned alive, but she wasn't sure where or when. She hung out for a few minutes, smoked a couple cigarettes with us, and then went back to work, a short time later reappearing with a small corked bottle with a paper inside. She said she would be taking it with her to keep it safe, and she assured us this particular spirit wouldn't bother us again, and suggested we do whatever we could to seal the house off so that this didn't happen to us in the future. We never heard from Andrew again, although a week later I was in the library when Ryan walked past. He did a double take, then said, hey, Weren't you just... Then sighed loudly and grabbed a broom before running upstairs. Looking back, it's funny to see something like that that would normally terrify people was basically just an annoyance to us. It was like kicking out a bad roommate. We're just hoping he won't come back for revenge. Well, well, wasn't that just a scream? Until next time, our fiendish friends. Remember to stay scared and sometimes it's more than just a story. <laughs>